His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. And your love of how God is revealing himself to a younger generation and their understanding how good he is. That is incredible. You know, that is not what we knew growing up. That is not, you know, it was the fear of the Lord was he was going to stamp you out. And so I got saved a thousand times, (laughs) 5,000 actually. But (coughs) then I found out I really was saved. That was amazing. That was wonderful. Um, Yeah, I love having... I love have, having Michael here, and uh, it just feels, feels really nice. feels really nice. Um, next week, Ron and I are going <laughs> get to do a fun thing first. We get to babysit um, John and Jess's kids because they don't have them out there much. And so it was like, we want to go away for a weekend, so can you guys watch your kids? And we were like, yeah, yes, we want to. So fun. So we're going to do that first, but the whole rest of the week is um, the Bethel Leadership Network, and I'm I'm just thrilled that it is part of the movement of God too. I'm thrilled because it's like hearts and like it's a movement of God that is having connection. You know where revivals always had like you know one central place. It's like it's going out all over the place, and God has allowed us to have a connection to that. So we're going to meet with the leaders, the leaders that are from this area, and then also the ones from Antonio and Kim are, are coming to the, um, um, the advance with us and stuff. And so just really would ask you to be praying. Pray that we um, receive what we need to receive as we move into this new place, this new season. And I know already that, I mean, I feel a movement here. We've had just incredible sense of the movement of God, but um, it's, we also can see it when we watch Bethel. Just, there is something shifting, and it really, really is focused on the goodness of God. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. And then next, this summer, um, we're going to have two of the seniors go to Australia. I think I told you that. And then we're going to meet, Michael's actually going to meet us over there on the trip with Global Celebration. I think we've got eight or nine maybe now going now. So anyway, so we're real excited about that too because I love and always have loved connecting with what God is doing all over the earth. I have loved that we have a connection. It's not just us. And you guys, you're already connected when you get on the internet. You're already connected when you listen to podcasts. You're already, but we have have a, a ability to have physical connection going on, and I just I just think that's wonderful. She wants to run again. She wants goodness to chase her. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Father, we just thank you. We thank you right now for just uh, your goodness, for all that you're doing. And Lord, I just ask that you would continue to allow us to hear the more so we can grow in the more. Father, I ask you to allow us. Lord, the circumstances of earth yell in our ears. And we want to hear heaven and I just ask Lord um, Lord that you would just speak I just want to thank you 
um, in the um, negativity fast, but I'm also in school, so I don't know. I, I mean, I've had a lot of this in the schooling, too. But one of the things is cracks in your foundation, and they have begun to share things that you thought were always true, like God's ready to pounce on us, you know, that kind of thing, and that they're cracks in the very foundation of how you read the word. And, and this was just one that Ron and I had read because I had ended up getting the book, but one of them was, um, and I do remember being taught this. I've been t we've been taught a lot of things, but I remember that it was Daniel and the principalities and all this war, and so 21-day fast so you can break through because of the principalities. And then they began to refute it with the word, and they said in the New Testament, when the cross happened, Jesus defeated the principalities and the powers they were all defeated under his feet and now because we're seated with him in Christ the issue isn't whether they're defeated or not but whether we stand in the authority of who we have been made to be the enemy has no right to us he has no right so here's a t that was just one of them, and Ron goes, oh, my goodness. And I said, well, it's true. Look at it. So anything you've been taught from the Old Testament, make sure it lines up with what the cross and the victory of the cross did for us. So another one was Job. And so uh, when we were young and we had just had so many things happen, we went through so many trials, you know, I began to think, well, we're just like Job. And one of the issues of Job, of Old Testament, was that God was testing Job. That's not really what was going on. And the other, and I remember um, it was one of the faith movement people said, Job brought it on himself. Because Job said, you know, what I feared has come upon me. So if Job hadn't had fear, it wouldn't have happened. So everything, everything went back to poor Job and God was just testing him and taking him through hell to see if he would make it. And that's not the truth. First of all, God has always looked for a witness on the earth. He found the perfect witness. He knew he wasn't going to find it. He knew he wasn't going to find it until he found it in his son. He knew it. Old Testament has major testimony witnesses of the goodness of God. They do. But they all have flaws, and they all missed it in areas. Abraham is a perfect one, and yet twice he tried to sell his wife away so that he would be saved. You know, you're going, whoa, that's a major character flaw. What in the world? Because God was looking for those who always, and this is the word testimony, honored him. Who always honored God. Who always gave him honor. So the devil was able to be in heaven at that time. Right now he's cast down, by the way, and under our feet, by the way, because of Christ. But this is an Old Testament teaching. There are people that say we need to go to heaven and fight the devil up there. He has already been defeated. You guys, if we don't get the word of God right inside of us, we're going to find ourselves running in circles when God's going, I already took care of it. I want you to believe me. I want you to stay in my truth. 
And so the enemy at that time was accusing. He was going across the earth trying to go, God, you're not going to have a testimony. You, that you are going to have dishonor. It's not going to happen for you. And so he knew Job's heart. And he knew that Job, no matter what, would love him and would give him honor. He knew it. It wasn't to test Job. God already knew Job's heart. He wasn't testing Job. He was saying, have you considered this man loves me? Right in the middle of his hell, he said, I know my Redeemer lives, and one day he'll be on the earth. He didn't see it at that time. And after a while, anybody ever been in, I mean, his wife's going, curse God and die, Job. Curse God and die. I mean, this man was an incredible man who God trusted with his honor. And so when the point came where God was going to do what he ultimately wanted to do, which was show his glory, the very end, he had to show Job another piece of himself and his goodness. And then Job goes, oh, my goodness. I'd heard of you, and I loved you then. I thought you were wonderful then. But now my eyes see you. I repent of ever thinking anything negative about you, Father. And then guess what God did? He said, Job, now what I want you to do is I want you to give a sacrifice for your friends. Now, his friends maligned Job. His friends said, Job, you must have sinned. Job, you did wrong. There must have been sin in your life or you wouldn't have had anything like that. If, if you hadn't had fear, that wouldn't have come upon you. That's what his friends said. And so who was the accusations if we looked at it? Who were the accusations against if we looked at that? If somebody was saying that, I'd say they were against Job. I'd be going, my friends are accusing me. In fact, the whole town accuses me. They all go, we thought Job was good, but we know he's not good because good, God doesn't do that kind of thing on, on good people. And so there you go. And God said, Job, when you pray for your, sin, uh, your friends who haven't spoken about me rightly, about me, David, that's why David said against you and you alone have I sinned. I mean, we know that he sinned against others, but he, it was against God, God's name. Now, I'm going to tell you there is a responsibility in that. God is looking at us and going, will you be honorable? Will you be honorable in your trials? Will you be honorable in this life by continuing to declare I'm good? Even when you can't see, Job couldn't see. And then, this is what the scripture says, the last chapter of Job. And then I just love this. And James talks about him too. But this is the last chapter of Job. And it said, when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored Job's fortunes. When he prayed for his friends, in fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before, and he was like a billionaire. And so now he's probably a trillionaire. I mean, he had riches. He was like a king and a prophet. And he had wealth beyond your imagination. And God doubled it 
to show his goodness and testimony on the earth. James says, James 5.11, we look, bless, and honor the memory, we honor them, who persevered under hardship. You're on the earth, you may have some trouble, okay? Didn't say we wouldn't have it. Remember how Job endured, and this is what the word says, and patiently waited for God to show up. He patiently waited for God to show up. How God orchestrated the triumph, his final triumph. God orchestrated this final triumph, final outcome of circumstances as a grand display of his mercy and compassion. God triumphed over the devil through Job. God triumphed ultimately through Christ, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And now on this earth, I triumph over the devil through Christ, but I triumph over the devil and I give God the honor. But the, but the circumstances for these saints was to patiently wait for the goodness of God not to listen to anything else. Maybe not today, but it's coming. Celebrate before you see it. It's coming. It's coming. Jesus is the ultimate triumph. Jesus prayed for Peter. He knew. He knew Peter's heart. Triumph. God is good, he, and he, his will for us is goodness and triumph. Trials are our temporary setbacks. The question really, really is when Jesus said, hallowed be your name, is honor to your name. It was the disciples' prayer, but the honor came from patiently waiting and not giving up and always declaring the goodness of God. From the beginning, there were four areas that the devil, who was defeated on the cross, but he's the enemy of our souls, and he is the enemy of God. He sought to destroy all of creation. He, he sought to destroy he, the rust, the corruption that you see on this earth, the diseases. Jesus said very clearly, the devil didn't come but to kill, steal, and destroy. Steal creation from God, destroy creation, destroy mankind, period. But I've come because I came to bring life to everyone. I came to bring life. That's what I came to do. So here's the four tests that we all have. Number one, the goodness of God. The goodness of God. The devil will lie to you day and night about the goodness of God. If God was good, why? Get over it. God is good. Set your heart and mind. It is not about circumstances. My God takes every trial and he turns it for good. For God, we know that God works all things for good. He can take whatever the devil has thrown at us and it will turn out good. He, he takes whatever the devil has thrown at us and it will turn out good. So I can say my God is good. 
I'm sorry. He's good. It's settled. I will never say anything different. I have a good God, a good father who loves me. He loves me. And I'm this wonderful son and daughter of him. Period. That's number one. That's the test. But this is a big one. The second one. And it is like the first. You. 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 You didn't do. You aren't enough. You didn't give enough. You don't. You aren't. It's not enough. You. 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 From the moment you wake up in the morning, you can hear the accuser. And it's usually with whatever you felt yesterday, you should have done a little better. I don't know. If you don't win that you battle, which is why the Lord has been speaking that he is our father, a good, good father. But that's great. But you can have a bad, bad son, right? Couldn't a good, good father have a bad, bad son? I mean, that is what the gospel, I'm telling you, most of the Bible Belt preaches it. I heard yesterday of a very Christian family heritage. We were talking to them about my grandmother and her. She preached and um, was pastor of three churches. And she had a man that married her who was a widower, had nine children. And she took, uh, he, he came, a godly man. I always loved Grandpa. He's the only one I ever knew. Grandpa. And he supported her like Ron has supported me. And she pastored three churches. And they were large and I said, well, how did she do it? And said, oh, Pop came along. And, he, and, and I had a, this was so cool. This is an answer to prayer. I had a, a Bible dictionary that was my grandmother's. And it said, to Bessie Army from Harry Army. Because that, uh, that was his name. And, and, and then it told the date. And the Bible, the Bible storybook or this dictionary is in 1912 or 11 or something like that. Anyway, so it's very, very old. I lost it. I would have never given it away. I would have never loaned it to anybody. I knew I wouldn't, and I couldn't find it anywhere. And I'm like, Lord, it's the last possession I have of my grandmother's, and it matters so much to me. Would you please help me find that thing? And I prayed, and I commanded it to show up. And anybody ever tried? I mean, it was like our wedding rings. I lost them, and they were in some old clothes I'd painted in. And I was about to throw them away, and there they were. Anyway, <clears throat> And that was about three or four years later. But this one, I was like commanded, come alive, come show yourself to me, you know, and it, and it wouldn't, it never did, you know. And so I'm like, Lord, I'm, I'm, I just don't want to lose that. That's a heritage piece for me, and I want that. And it just matters to me. And I'm not one that likes things that much, but that mattered, my, my grandma's Bible dictionary. And. So Ethan said, Haley and I are cleaning out some things. And um, I said, well, you wouldn't happen to have an old book. He says, yeah, we've got an old Bible dictionary. He says, we were going to get rid of it. <laughs> I said, uh, could you send me a picture? <laughs> and he did, and it was it. And I just was like, thank you, Jesus. And I don't know, probably in the moving. And I, who, not, who, how, who knows how he got it in his room. But, but uh Little thief. Just kidding. <laughs> and then he was going to throw it away. <laughs> uh, but what I want to say is God is forever speaking good about us. 
we are these perfect sons and daughters. This, this is uh, an amazing, amazing scripture. I just love this. It says, Christ is the very visible image of the invisible God. And it says he existed before anything was created. He's the supreme over all of creation. This is Colossians 1. For through him, God created everything. Through Christ, everything was created in heavenly realms and on earth. And he made the things we can see and he made the things we can't see. And he made the thrones and the kingdoms and the rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him and existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together in Christ. Christ is the head of the church, which is his body. He's the beginning. Um, he is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he's the very first of everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through God reconciled to himself all the fallen earth, reconciled it to himself, and he made peace with everything. Jesus Christ made peace with the earth. Jesus Christ made peace with everything, everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. That is our authority. Christ's blood on the cross, we have peace. When we speak peace, we have authority because in Christ he made peace to all of it. And it says, this includes you who can be far away. And I can tell you, one of the things the enemy will do is, well, maybe you didn't do this right when you were younger. Or maybe you didn't do this when you were parenting. Kids can tell you you didn't. You know, maybe you did You know, I mean, you can have a thousand things come up. But you know, the Lord told me the other day, he said, do you live in me? I said, yes, I do. And he said, do you believe my blood covers your life? Yes. Have you asked for forgiveness for your life any place that you missed? You know, on, on things I didn't know. Well, yeah. He said, then I don't remember anything but perfection about your life. And I want you to start thinking the same way. I don't remember anything but perfection about your life. And I want you to start thinking the same way. If we don't, we will not have authority. Anyway, saying all that, I'm with my godly father. He loves the Lord, but he calls himself a worm. He says, you know, I mean, he, he ministers all the time at nursing homes, leads them to the Lord. It's amazing. He's got amazing gift. He's an amazing man of God. He had no father. He, he just has a lot of self-hatred. And so he says, well, God stands up there and speaks, but it's not me. And I said, oh, yeah, it is you. No, when I get up there, it's evil. It's icky. You know, my flesh. I said, no, you were redeemed by the blood of the lamb. When you get up there, your father says, that's my son, and I love him. I said, Dad, that's a lie. And then Ron had a scripture that he was able to refute what he had said with a, with a scripture and refute it with a scripture. Get scriptures. But here's one, and this was one I quoted to him, but this is one. He has reconciled you through himself, death's uh, the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he's brought you into his presence. You're his, wrapped in his arms. You're holy and blameless. He sees you as perfect. He sees your past as perfect. As you stand before him without a single fault. That's the sons and daughters that we are. We are not a church full of flawed people. We are a people that have been made whole by Christ. So the devil's number two tactic is to tell you what's wrong with you. 
And most Christians live in that. They stay right there. And that is not what the scripture says. The scripture says we are faultless in his sight. Pure. You know what? It gives you power over the enemy. It gives you power over sin when you realize how pure and perfect you are. But I can tell you, you'll struggle with sin every single day when you think you're an evil man. You're a worm. Every single day you'll struggle because what kind of authority do you have? But when you realize, my goodness, I am a son or daughter of God, and I am whole before you, and I am perfect in your sight, therefore I don't have to sin. I don't have to have unforgiveness. I don't have to have resentment or bitterness. And it matters because the third thing that the enemy has is against people. Against people. All people. Not just believers. Anyone. Where the power of your, uh, where the power of your forgiveness can take care of everything. I love it because Job forgave, and then everything was restored. We are not only faultless people, we are people who forgive. We're the reconcilers of the world. Do you understand that? We are the reconcilers of the world. I love this. It says, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Why do you think that it would tell you to continue to believe the truth, that you're perfect and faultless, that you would continue to believe it and stand in it if you didn't have a war with it? That is taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ on the cross. We are the perfection of God. And we must stand in it. And we're learning how to do that by honoring others. First of all, honor God. That's what God was looking for. And then honor yourself. Do you know you can't uh, honor anyone else just like you can't love anyone else if you don't receive honor from God? If you don't honor yourself, if you, you know, it's so funny because we were talking to Dad and Darlene. We're talking about, you know, um, negativity and uh They just constantly, dad called himself an idiot, and then she said something, and I mean, it was just stuff like that, you know, well, I don't know anything, I'm just an idiot, you know, and it was like, do you hear yourself? You're the daughter and the son of the king. Do you honestly think he would want you to be saying that about yourself? We've always thought, well, if we love other people, it's okay if we don't love ourselves. I'm going to tell you what happens. If you love other people and you don't love yourself, you're still critical. You're still critical of them. You will still have judgments all the time because the judgments really come down to you're not honored yourself. When you start honoring yourself, it's amazing how critical thoughts go. When you start going, wow. He loves me. He wants me to have a nice house, Eric. He wants me to have good. He has good for me. He's not going, how in the world can I give you a nice house when millions of people are starving over and wherever? 
No, we need to say, God, let your goodness visit Africa. Let your goodness visit. And let us be part of giving your goodness. But we're demonstrating the goodness of God. Job was demonstrating the goodness of God. Riches are not a problem with God. He owns the stars, billions of them. I think he can afford how we live. Would you not say? And bless us double. Okay. So the third one is forgiveness. And we've talked a lot about that. But I can tell you that when you don't honor yourself, you will struggle with forgiving others. And one way of not honoring yourself is to expect perfection from yourself. You were already made perfect. You don't judge yourself. You know what? Sometimes we judge our talents or we judge whatever the thing is. Do you know, and I, I think it was Haley's thing, Sharon, he loves exactly how you, he made us. I was telling my dad that. I said, he loves everything about you, Dad. Everything he, he had never heard that. I said, you are not a worm. When he was talking, oh, worm, Jacob, it was Old Testament before Christ. We're not worms, you guys. We're not sinners either. We've been saved by grace, and we're saints. Fourth one. Anybody want to tell me what the fourth one is that the enemy uses? First of all, dishonoring God. He's not good. Dishonoring yourself. You're not good. Dishonoring people. They're not good. What's the fourth one? Seriously. Anybody got an idea? What trips you up? trips people up all the time. If God was good, why did that happen? Circumstances. 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 All circumstances of evil destruction are not sent by God. And God doesn't need to be blamed. God, why don't you heal me? Let's get in a different place. You purchased my healing. Thank you for it. Thank you for manifesting your healing in my body. Thank you that you said your Holy Spirit gives life to my mortal body through Christ. What if we began to thank for the provision instead of beg for the impossible? I asked for healing, and it didn't happen. You know, I know Bill Johnson always talks about mysteries, and I do think you have to put circumstances in mysteries. I mean, because somehow it came out about us losing the, our two sons while we were up there. And those are mysteries. I don't know why. I really don't. But I know God is good, and I know he loves us. And yeah, I believe that early death like that was the devil coming to kill, steal, and destroy. Why it happened to us, I don't know. But God is good, and he loves us. And I still will be that honor to him on this earth. You guys who have lived with us through all of that know we've chosen to honor him through everything. We've honored him 
because he's good. We've honored him through our own sins because we all fall. We do, but we're perfect. Get that. That's just God. Who can do that one? We've forgiven all people. Honor him in that. And now honor him in every circumstance. If we began to give him honor in every circumstance, I'm telling you, you'd see the power of God released. You would see the power of God released. I'm going to see if I... I love this because testimony or honor is glorified. Jesus came to reveal the goodness of the Father, to bring him great esteem and honor him on the earth. How do we honor? Jesus came to bring life and life more abundantly. We're the life givers. We honor God by declaring the life of God, the love of God, the healing of God. We are the honor givers on the earth, reconciling the world to God, which is what happened, Tony, with your situation. God knew Job would bring him honor by patiently waiting for God to show up. He knew that. I love this. Listen to this. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I'll deliver you, and you'll bring honor to me. I'll deliver you, and you'll bring honor to me. I'd like to bring him honor before I get everything he asked. I mean, I've asked him. I want to be like Job, patiently wait. Matthew 5.16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence and your praiseworthy noble and good deeds and recognize and honor and praise your Father who is in heaven. Jesus said everything is about God's honor. And yet he wants his sons and daughters honored too. Second, and then the third, you honor God by forgiving everyone. Because he forgave you. Is that not awesome? I love it. We get to. We get to be the forgivers, not the accusers. We get to. I think I had one more scripture of the honor. Live a life honoring God. This is 2 Peter 12, 12, so that those around you even if they lie about you, can see your pure life and come to honor God when he calls for them. If anyone suffers as a liar, as a believer, or suffers slander as a believer, has been lied about as a believer, let him honor God and be thankful that he's your Lord. It doesn't say, oh, give up because things on earth are hard. It's honor. We love him because he first loved us. All of us can give love because we have been loved. We honor because he first honored us. You know, I love the culture of honor. I didn't know about honor. I really believe I grew up in dishonor because we were worms. We, we were always sinners. I mean, that I just heard that every Sunday. You know, it was just the way it was. And I'm telling you now, it's a lie. Don't listen to it. Start enjoying your relationship with God. Here is how God first honored us. Let us make man in our image. Jesus Christ is the visible image to us of the invisible God. He, rec he reconciled to him 
by death on the cross. As a result, you are brought into his own presence. We're seated with him in holy places. You are holy and blameless as you stand before him, love and honored without a single fault, perfect in his eyes. Do not drift from this tooth. Don't drift. (laughs) Don't drift from this tooth and truth. Truth. We're loved, we're honored, we are perfect sons and daughters, and there's no condemnation against us that can stand. And circumstances are nothing but a thing under our feet. Is that not, uh, you know, it doesn't matter, it doesn't mean that you're not going to walk through things, but there is a place of going, God, I choose. I choose to honor you. Um, Cool, I got enough time. I don't know if he's going to want to do it, but... um, this was really cool to me because um, I've watched the perseverance over the years of a lot of you. I was I was thinking back to one of our early um, couples meetings, and I was talking to Brock and Leanne, and they weren't married yet. And I was thinking, who else was in there? And several of them were in there that aren't married now, so that's that's a sad thing. And I thought, Joseph and Jody. I did. I remembered that, and I thought, Lord, thank you, but you persevered to love one another. You persevered. And, and Brock and Leanne went through a very, very hard time financially in their beginning years, and they walked through a lot, a lot, a lot of poverty and hard times. And I watched other people walk through a lot, a lot, a lot, become bitter and fall away. But I watched them, and I've watched Joseph and Jody the same way, a lot, a lot, a lot. But I want to tell you this scripture because this scripture is for all of us. You guys, you've you've got to understand God's outcome for you. And it really is. You've got to understand this. How God orchestrated the triumph of his final outcome as a grand display of his goodness and mercy. God wants a final outcome over every single one of you through whatever you've walked of his grand display of goodness and mercy. And for Job, it was a doubling of his income. So I was asking Brock how his job was going because I knew that he'd had a decision to make in December. November. And I just believe this is a picture of that perseverance and the grand display. So, y- do you mind sharing? Um, in October, I was given an opportunity to move on from um, where I work now. And it was a very good offer. It was um, it's a pretty substantial pay increase. It was opportunity for pretty good um, growth within a company and I um, I considered it heavily actually I took it and I went in and um, told the owner of the company I worked for that I was leaving and that I was giving him a month and he said um, well hold on you're not going anywhere I was like no 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 this isn't a negotiation this is thank you I'm leaving He's like, no, 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 you're going to give me an opportunity. I was like, all right, I've given you, you know, 19 years. I can give you another month. So, and um, through the process, um, you know, I, I actually stayed for a little less money, but I stayed with where I'm at. And Leanne and I prayed about it. And when we were thinking about going someplace else, I had a piece. Um, I, I, I thought I had a piece. Let me rephrase that. I, I had a piece. And you know, a lot of prayer and a lot of words, and um, I began to get 
chased a little bit. You know, it was the goodness of God chasing me, really. Um, both companies calling me. Um, and so made a decision that to stay. And I made the decision to stay, and, and it was just an overwhelming. I had peace, and I had overwhelming peace. And, you know, Leanne and I have talked about it since, and we felt like the Lord um, orchestrated all that and that there was a peace because he wanted to do something different for me. And so since then, I've, I have, you know, before that, I, I got a promotion. I, I had moved up within Circle B. And since then, um, from end of December to a couple weeks ago, I have received more bonuses than what we made the first four or five years we were married. Um, and I, I have seen um, I'm involved in much more than I was ever involved with before. I get to be part of the bidding process. I'm the only person in the company that has an ability for two bonus pools. And um, one, there was contentment in it that, that where the Lord, but there was a push that the Lord orchestrated for me. And from, you know, we were well below the poverty line when we first got married. Um, I think we made sixteen or $17,000 the first year we were married. And the Lord has completely um, changed mindsets. He has completely, he has been faithful time and time again. And now there is a mindset of prosperity. There is a mindset of, you know, what the Lord has and can continue to do for us. And it really is the goodness of God that orchestrated all of it and chased us through that whole situation. And I mean, there's, I mean, I never had vacation time and I have, not only do I have vacation time, I was given more vacation time in this same stretch of time. So, um, it, yeah, it's been, it went from a week to three weeks and two days in a matter of like that. So it, it's been pretty incredible. Yes. Okay. I want you all stand. There's a lot of you here. I know. They're like them. And, and, and the thing that was cool to me was that, you know, he was going to leave, but he also was willing to stay. And because he stayed, not only has God multiplied and given him favor, he's also got 19, 20 years of equity, of integrity on his life. And that, I believe, is what James is talking about when he was talking about the persevering of the saints and their patience and their, their endurance. And I know there's a lot of you here that have been asking for things for a long time. And, and I'm not just talking things here. I'm talking about your lives. And I felt like when he spoke that to me, I think on Thursday night, the Lord said that because we were, when we were worshiping, I saw it. He said, that's what I was trying to tell you. And he had told me at the beginning of the year, he said, you're getting ready to see compounded on all of your lives. And I believe this is the whole church compounded because of the endurance and the patience of the saints. I believe that's a prophetic word. And then when Brock told me that night, it was confirmation of the very thing I saw. Because Brock couldn't have orchestrated that if he had to. But he was faithful. So I just want you, all of you, because I know, I just know your lives and how faithful you have walked. And I just want you to put your hands out to the Lord. Lord, this is, our hands out is, our lives are yours. God, we just, we give them to you. 
We always have. And we trust you with our lives, and we do believe you're good, and we do believe we're, we're wonderful sons and daughters, and we do believe, Lord, that we forgive everyone and love and bless them. And God, we also thank you that in every circumstance, you're turning it for good and working good. So, Lord, we just tell you, Lord, we believe we live in the goodness of God. But I also know that, God, you love. And, Lord, you're not chintzy, and it, it, it isn't like you have a limited amount. If someone else is blessed, no one else can be. I believe, Lord, that you've told me, and I know, honestly, some of the kids have spoken it too. And I believe this is in the harvest of souls also that you want to re release upon your people a double-fold blessing. Lord, a, a multiplication far better at the last than it was at the beginning. And so, Father, right now our hands are still out in, in, in giving ourselves to you, but now we receive. We receive the promise of God. We celebrate the goodness of God. We thank you for multiplication over every gifting, every job, every family, every home, every harvest field. We thank you right now that, Lord, you are sealing us for blessing. Thank you for listening to this message.